You, you can talk about it all day. You can have all the ideas you want in the world and everything else, but like nothing's going to freaking happen unless you just go out there and do it. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the show. Today, we're in the middle of an eight-week series focused on building resilience. We'll be talking about why resilience is important, how to become more resilient, and talking to some of the most impressive and resilient people on Earth. If you want to live a more interesting life by challenging yourself to do the impossible, you're in the right place. Let's get started. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Impossible Radio, where we talk about pushing your limits and doing the impossible. This season's all about resilience and learning to build mental toughness and grit so you can do impossible things and keep going when most people fail. Today's show is with my good friend and athlete, Kyle Maynard. Kyle's been doing the impossible literally his entire life, despite being born with arms that end at the elbows and legs near the knees. Kyle's wrestled for one of the best teams in the Southeast. He set records in weightlifting, fought in mixed martial arts, and most recently became the first man to crawl, yes, crawl, on his own to the summit of Mount Kilimanjaro, the highest mountain in Africa. His story's been featured on The Oprah Winfrey Show, Larry King Live, ESPN Sports Center, HBO Real Sports, ABC's 2020, and Good Morning America, and as a cover story in USA Today. He continues to inspire as the author of his book, No Excuses, a New York Times bestseller. Oh, and did I mention he literally bear crawled up Mount Kilimanjaro? I actually remember seeing a few ESPN documentaries about Kyle back in college and reading about his story. But about 18 months ago, I got to meet him at PaleoFX and have been lucky enough to become friends with him here in San Diego. He's one of the few people I can tell my crazy ideas to without getting whiplash and have them telling me I'm nuts. <laughs> in today's episode, we're going to find more about his story, how he's been overcoming the odds his entire life, and about his journey through competitive sports and all the way to the top of Kilimanjaro. He'll share the high highs and the low lows, and how he changes his mindset in order to do the things that most people would literally not believe is possible. Every time I sit down with Kyle, we talk for entirely too long, and I always come away buzzing with an inspiration to keep going and find the edge of my limits. Let's do this. All right, guys, for today's show, I've got a really, really special guest, and I'm pumped to have him on. He's probably more qualified to talk about the topic of resilience than anyone I know. It's my friend Kyle Maynard. Kyle's got a fantastic story. He's an extreme athlete, jiu-jitsu fanatic, and many, many other things. He's also my friend right here in San Diego as we're looking out over the bay, and I'm pumped to have him on the show. Thanks for coming. Yeah, man, let's do this. Let's uh, let's talk about resilience. Yeah, so I know your story. I met, I met Kyle about a year and a half ago at PaleoFX, just in passing, he was a speaker. I'd seen a story on ESPN, a couple documentaries throughout the last few years. I'm well aware of his story, but I'd love for you to kind of share you know, your story, your background, and then we'll talk about some of the crazy, amazing things you're up to and sure. sort of how you've had to utilize resilience and start building a, a stronger mind throughout your life. Sure. All right. Uh, for starters, I'm six foot seven, tall, dark, and handsome, and <laughs> all very true. <laughs> you know, so it's uh, likes long walks on the beach, <laughs> right. ladies. It's <laughs> basically like I my story really begins, I think, with a lot with like my just the attitude my mom and dad had growing up. Mm -hmm. um, I was born with a condition called congenital amputation, so it's you know basically the my arms end right at the elbows and my legs end right at the knee, and 
you know, to get around most places. Like I'll use a wheelchair outside, but like at home, like I'll bear crawl. And the attitude that my parents are going to raise me with though, is the one to, to not, not focus on the limitations, not focus on everything that was wrong with the circumstance and all that. Like they really kind of pulled like the ultimate Jedi mind trick on me growing up where my mom was just like, you're not disabled. Like, okay, cool. I'm not disabled. No. And you know, I think that really that is consequence. Like, you know, just grew up believing that I was normal, believing that I was, you know, capable of doing stuff. And I, I think it now has translated into not really, you know, even thinking about stuff like on a, on a day to day, um, but really being consumed by it, you know, it's, uh. um, yeah. So, you I mean, we, so, so you're telling me you're not six foot seven. Right. Yeah. Dang it. Dang it. Come on. Still. Yeah. Probably. Uh, you know, I think one of my favorite quotes is like, know your limits, but never stop trying to break them. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, I'm not going to be slam dunking on LeBron anytime soon, but a lot of the message I want to go and get across to people, and I know that's the same for you is, is about, you know, how do you like, how do you go and break those limits? How do you go and push yourself to that next level? How do you, how do you go and do something that you never thought you could have done before? And I'm constantly trying to tinker with and experiment with that myself. Yeah. And also, you know, help other people get to the same place so you <coughs> born 20 28 years ago 28 29 29, 29. Yeah. old man old man um born 29 years ago now you're climbing mountains yeah you climbed kilimanjaro last year you got some other things on the radar we can talk about them or yeah. not um how did you how did you kind of start there because you know most people don't just jump into climbing mountains right off the bat but you you mentioned your parents uh, kind of brought you up with this mindset or some of the practical uh, ways you got into sports into to physically pushing your limits because I think we both uh, can kind of jump on board with the fact that like one of the ways one of the ways I personally push my limits mentally is to do it physically first because yeah. once you once you start realizing the limits of you know your physical being and you can push past them you start realizing there's all these places in your mind where you're kind of holding yourself back and you, if you can push through that you can do a lot of other stuff so totally. How did, how did you kind of jump into, you know, not just, okay, you know, I'm normal, I can do anything anyone else can do, but I'm also going to be a competitive athlete. I'm uh, I'm not just going to take this line down. I'm not going to compete for fun, but I'm also going to, you know, I'm going to kind of build that winning mindset. Yeah, I just, you know, I, I think it was since I was a little kid, like I just, you know, love to compete, love to have fun. Like yeah. I think socially my mom really understood it was important for me to go and be surrounded around other kids that, you know, were just typical normal kids, you yeah. know, you know and, and out there playing, having fun, doing that. So like growing up, I used to play a bunch of um, backyards, you know, like – baseball games football games with friends and stuff like that like street hockey was my first sport that i played you know i was the goalie and (laughs) you know guys used to you know since i'm like you know like i'm seated for the most part like you know like as a kid like i was i don't know foot off the ground or whatever like guys would just learn to like chip it up over my head and Mm -hmm. you know i had some like friends that were like cool enough to like turn the uh, goal on its side so it was like you know a little shorter for me and stuff so it like you know it's it's I've always been supported like with like, amazing people in my life like that gave me the opportunity just to to go out there and, and have a chance and perform and you know later on I had football coaches when I was 11 years old that let me go out and play on the team and <laughs> you know started as a nose guard at 11 years old where you know I'm, I'm down there on the ground and with these big linemen you know <laughs> 11 years old they were they seemed huge at the time but you know it was like 
He's tall, three yeah. foot, three foot seven. <laughs> exactly, seven inches. That um, you know, it was like I used to take my helmet and smash it into running backs' legs when they would come through. Yep. You know, and it was like that was like my my thing. And you know, I was a wrestler and all that, and um, started out really really bad and ended up getting a lot better. But the point being, it's like I think from a young age that competitive drive was kind of ingrained in me. And I don't think it's not that if somebody didn't grow up with that, not that you can't cultivate that when you're older but I think there has to be something inside of you too that's like there is that competitive thing that's yep. like you, you know you're, you're not going to stop you're not going to go and quit because invariably when something hits you that is a major setback you know and if you're doing something to go and push your limits just by virtue of the fact that you're pushing your limits like you're going to be dealing with like breakdowns and issues and mm-hmm. injuries and all that kind of stuff and bankruptcies if you're in business yep. and lawsuits and whatever like comes your way right yep. yeah yeah, so it's like the, it just kind of teaches you, I think, that like that competitive drive is like what propels you to to keep moving forward in spite of all that. So do you have do you have any memories in, in your mind where where you had like a big setback, like maybe at an early age where you kind of like had one of those moments where you could like give up or choose to keep going? Like maybe not like uh, we've got some, you know, recent stories that we'll talk about in, a, in, in just a bit here, but like maybe something like at an early age where it didn't maybe seem like a, a big deal at the time, yeah. but it kind of snowballed into to, you know some of the decisions you've made in the recent years. Yeah, it's really kind of kind of random. Those are the best ones. Yeah, yeah. Here, here we go. So it, like, I remember like first thing that popped in my head. Like, I was eight, nine years old, something to that effect, and um, like I'm home alone and want to get a glass of milk and go and pull this. You know the the. <laughs> milk jug out of the uh, out of the fridge and you know when you go and like open it up the the jug at first like mm-hmm. it's you gotta like crack that like that seal yep. right you know and it's not that big of a deal if you've got the leverage of your wrist in your hand to go and do it but if yep. you imagine right like for someone that's listening to this like I'm, I'm doing that with like holding you know just with the ends of my elbows to, to go and to open this thing up yep. and you know, I could have gotten some water and I didn't want water. It was like, <laughs> I wanted this milk. <laughs> and so, like, no matter what, I'm going to go and get this thing open. And, like, you know, eight or nine years old, I remember, like, I literally tore the skin off the ends of my arms to, like, to get this thing open. And, you know, like, I had, you know, I had scabs for probably a week after that, like, to go and get this thing open. But it was like I, I did. I, I it finally, you know, it, it worked. It clicked. And then subsequently later on times that I could go and do it, like, it wasn't that big of a deal. It was like became a lot easier. It's like kind of that. I think what I've experienced in life is is certainly that that element of like the learning curve with something. You know, it's like something becomes incredibly difficult when we first start it, mm-hmm. but then over time it becomes a lot easier. Yeah, now that's one of those things. Like you have to you have to almost be put in a situation where you either have to dis- decide that you're going to do it or not. Like if your parents are home or if people are home, you could have asked for help or whatever. But like, it was it was all on you, and it, it seems like a small thing. But at some point, I think people have to get pushed into a corner where it's on them to change right um it's on them to improve it's on them to to continue push past your limits because you know if if you just decided you were going to go get water and that was the easier choice you know that could have been a small decision but it might have might have played out to bigger things down the road when you found okay you know there's a easier way to go about this or it's easier to give up instead of deciding what you want and really going after it totally yeah and i think that's you know there's 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 certain pros and cons to it right because i think that i also do have you know massive you know 
like elements of you know, a little stubbornness and yep. things of that nature, you know, to some degree, at least it's a possibility. Like we could probably get a couple of ex-girlfriends on the phone that might be able to <laughs> confirm this suspicion. But, you know, I think it's, it, it, it's, there's things that work for you in those, yep. those elements and things that don't. And I think it's kind of also too knowing when, you know, the thing I'm having to learn in my life now is like, when do I do go and like grit something out, like yep. tough it out versus like, when do I, you know, when is the right time to go and, you know, terminate yep. something to quit to go and whatever. Cause I think also too, like a, an important aspect of this that people don't really talk about is finding out what you need to quit and quitting that with like, you know, massive intention. Yep very 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 quickly you know, finding out what's what you're grinding out because you actually want it to happen and what yeah. you're grinding out because it's not really going to happen and you're just like trying to force it one way or another yeah, and you're you... forcing it or you don't really feel it you're not really passionate yeah. about it or whatever you're just doing it you know almost because like sometimes grinding something out is like the easier thing to go and do yeah, than yeah. it is to actually quit something in the first place I mean people end up in marriages for 20 30 40 years that they you know and they they just like they're grinding out their marriage because they just they said that they never get divorced yep. and like while I like on one level respect that and respect the commitment like on the other level i'm like takes courage to 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 terminate something you know it takes courage to to quit your job it takes courage to you know do whatever you got to go and do to you know i mean both you and i like left left home right so you know it's like that you know you leaving chicago me leaving atlanta it's like that time where it's like okay yeah we could go and tough it out here and you want to live in a place where we're not you know i mean atlanta and chicago are a great city so like there's nothing wrong with that but you know now it's like we quit that so consequently we had to go and look at this beautiful bay in san diego it's 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 rough no it's terrible it's Uh, a tough life (laughs) i'd I'd miss uh polar vortex number two so to come out here do we have i think we have like a crime scene going on like a block away from (laughs) us this is ridiculous There's like four cop cars and like three ambulances. There's clearly something happening. Maybe they're just waiting for us to commit a crime. They're like, (laughs) that shady guy with the microphone and the... Uh, there's a suspect over there. No, so 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 so, you you competed in sports. You did uh, you did football. You jumped into wrestling, and uh, wrestling sort of became like a little bit of a cornerstone that translated it in, into a few other things. And so you know you get through you get through middle school, you get through high school, and what happens what happens after high school, both in like your personal life and in your competitive career? Because I know that was a big time for me where I, I had a. I, I still played basketball through college, but the way I did it changed uh, quite a bit. So what happened after high school and kind of what started to shift a little bit for you? You know, life changed like pretty dramatically. It was like I, I was a freshman student in the University of Georgia and I was wrestling there on the club team. And um, then all of a sudden I got the opportunity to go and launch a book at 19 years old and, you know, did Oprah, Larry King, 2020, like Good Morning America, all that in like one weekend, you know, yeah. so I went from just typical college student doing the college student thing to now, you know, full-time executive business traveler, like traveling around the world. Like that happened like relatively like overnight. And so ah, consequently it was like, just like stuff started to shift dramatically, pulled me away from the athletic side. Mm-hmm. I, I'm totally like a product of my environment. Like yeah. I mean, like, like I just know that about myself. Like, yep. I mean, I can, you know, in, in that environment, like I was, <laughs> being the business traveler and at 19 you know and like i'm eating in you know crappy airport food and the hotel rooms and all that stuff and like not competing at all totally like let my like health go and and i'd been a wrestler so i'd deprive myself of all of these delicious foods for so long (laughs) so i'm like now i'm just gonna like eat whatever i freaking want to room service please oh my every night you know it was like like oh yeah i'll take that milkshake that you know that extra dessert you know yeah three donuts in the morning why not (laughs) make it six (laughs) like it's i don't know so that was kind of where i was at totally there you go 
but it was um yeah and then i i think things changed dramatically um when i realized like okay i need to reconnect to those like kind of like that athletic roots and stuff like that and grow up a little bit in terms of you know how i was taking care of myself and made a big difference i met rob wolf got introduced to paleo diet started a crossfit gym around the same time got really interested in crossfit you know and i'll jump into something pretty so like head first i got certified to crossfit and opened a gym two or three months later and yeah so stuff started to kind of shift pretty pretty dramatically around that time jiu-jitsu's played a big part over the last few years jiu-jitsu and mountain climbing seem to be the themes that have been evolving so that's like 19 to what 22 you do you know the speaking thing the crossfit when did and then you moved out here two and a half years ago about a year and a half year year and a half ago yeah and uh when did when did jiu-jitsu sort of pick up within that jiu-jitsu has kind of always been been there for me at least for like the last like uh 10 years or so like okay. as soon as i stopped wrestling then it was like i kind of got into the jujitsu scene but there wasn't really a whole lot of regularity with the training it was nope. one of those things where it's just you know training intermittently and more focused on the business side of things um but it's really it's kind of always been there for me in a mm-hmm. sense like i really think that there's a tremendous amount of value in having things that that you are really passionate about but yep. also are not totally like committed to in the sense of like you spend like it's like it's just like they can decompress, de-stress yep. you. Ironically, now it's like, and I've shared this with you. It's like jujitsu is it has always been that thing for me, where I would go in and you know and train. And when someone's trying to choke you, like you have, like you can't think about anything else. Yep. It's like you, like you have to think about that, otherwise you're going to get finished in yep. a choke. And like I wasn't worried about stress of taxes or business <laughs> issues or whatever else is going on in my yep. life. You know, it was like I was just like there and present. But then now, in in a sense, like jujitsu has become like. Since I moved to San Diego, I've been training with the best jiu-jitsu team in the world. Yep. You know, I mean, we've got some of the best guys in the world. I've, I've really amped up my level of commitment with it. And, you know, jiu-jitsu went from being something that was, like, my de-stressor to, like, the biggest source of stress in my life. Yeah. But, you know, it's it's like I've also, too, I don't know, it's, it's just a shift in priorities and values there. Yeah. But that's, uh, that's one of those things that I didn't ever run into anyone who... Like I knew of the word jujitsu, but coming out to San Diego, it seems like I see a jujitsu gym every every mile on the road, and it's uh it's really kind of a hub out here, and yeah. uh, it's cool to see that transition kind of flow out of the wrestling background that you've got, and 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 really grow into. You just did worlds, yeah. and I know to have the ending you wanted, but uh, the, just the fact that you're you, you continue to get out there and compete is 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 something. The story that I think when I ran into you at Paleo FX about a year and a half ago, uh, the story that you were telling then uh, was about Kilimanjaro, and I don't know how much we could talk about like future plans beyond yeah. Kilimanjaro, but I would love to talk about the plan for this because a lot of people talk about climbing, and 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 climbing in general is a is a very there's a very literal metaphor for, you know, struggle, completion, finishing, being at the top of the mountain. There's a, you know, there's very uh, literal metaphors in that act. And about a year and a half ago, you were, you're kind of sharing about what you had just completed the, the year prior. And, and I think that's is, is like, it's an incredible story, but I would love to kind of pick your brain on, on what sparked the idea for the initial climb. And then if we could talk about the actual climb and, and, and sort of what you experienced through that. Yeah, you know, I think it, it began as a as a kid. I was, you know, really just, I, I loved, you know, who doesn't like love looking at mountains? Mountains are yeah. beautiful, right? And it's like, you know, I think a lot of us get that inclination where we see, see something and we're like, wow, that's really pretty. Like, I want to go and experience it. I want to go and climb it, you know, whatever. Yeah. And um, 
I had that as a kid, but the thing was for me is like my, you know, I was a kid, I had an electric wheelchair mm-hmm. that it, you know, like, um, you know, it gets stuck in, in like anything that wasn't like a sidewalk. Yep. I mean, maybe even, you know, really thick grass, it would have a hard time like going through. Mm-hmm. And so, so much of nature was totally closed off to me. Hmm. And it, unless I would go and, you know, maybe ride on my dad's back or something like that. Like, I mean, it was never really like a thing where like I spent that much time in the outdoors as a kid. Yep. Like, we didn't really hike, didn't really camp, you know, things like that. Like I remember one family camping trip where we went to, you know, this was like river in Tennessee and, you know, and like did the whole can kind of camping thing there, which was really cool. But like I, like I said, it was literally like right on my dad's back to go like, you know, in this place. Yeah. So it's just like, I think the fact that nature has always been so beautiful and, you know, I wanted to go and go and experience it. And yet simultaneously it was just closed off to me, you know, mm-hmm. and I just, you know, finally got that desire where I was like, okay, like I, like, just going to go and figure this out, yeah. you know, and, and that kind of resulted in the very first time I climbed anything, which was just a little tiny thing in Palm Springs, California. But, um, that just, it was like that, I think that that feeling as a kid, just to like, I have to find a way to, to experience this, you know, do you, do you have a thing where I definitely have this? That's what I'm asking. Like if someone tells you you can't do it or if like, it's just, they say it's like off limits and you're like, I, I don't, I don't really care about I'm I'm doing I'm obviously doing that because now I have to like it just seems like it's like oh nature I can't go in there in my wheelchair I'm gonna figure it out yeah well as a kid too I think that for for me a lot of my childhood certainly was like I think wanting to um you know prove to other people prove to myself that I wasn't disabled and I think that you know, I had to confront a lot of that, like at a, at a fairly early age. Yep. And, you know, I think it, in sports like wrestling, jiu-jitsu, football, like they're very physical sports, yep. you know, and expressing that form of like domination over another human being. Like it, you know, it was like I or would a mountain mountain or whatever. It's yeah. like, yeah, like it was definitely like a, a thing for me, I think as a kid. Now it's one of those things where it's like, I just want to go and do it. You know, yeah. it's like, I really, there's stuff out there to go and do and experience. And like, I want to feel it. I want to go out there and be there. Like yeah. I get like life is really short. Like we're wasting our time. If we're not going out there and doing something we're crazy passionate about that we love that. Well, why not? You yeah. know, just go out and find a way to, to do it. And that, so for sure there was, were those elements of proving. I think for me, it was way more pronounced as maybe a, you know, middle school or high schooler. Yeah. But you know, now it's I just, you know, why not? Uh, I know for me, I, I, I spent a lot of my time and a lot of my time in high school specifically telling myself I couldn't do things and no, no real reason other than like, oh yeah, it's like, cause I remember not playing football cause I didn't think I was like, like I, I didn't, yeah, yeah, I wasn't strong enough and I thought I'd get like bent in half or something like that. And, uh, and I, I remember very viscerally when, when I started the, uh, Impossible, when I started all those things, I just really got like, you know, I kind of like split my brain in two. I got really fed up with like the other side of my head that was telling me to, you know, I couldn't do these things. Yeah. Or I, I, you know, making up, pre-disqualifying myself for all the reasons I could have do this stuff. And I was just like, uh, you know, it, it became less of a, a thing about like, oh, can I, can I, you know, can I or can't I? It's 
it became more of a reason like why not like you totally. said like there's all this stuff out there why not just get the hell out there right and, and go do it like why why am i why am i spending so much time in my head debating about all this stuff when i could spend that energy out there actually doing totally. it? totally um, was there a moment for you though where you were like that 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 clicked where you were like oh my god like half my thoughts are related around everything that i can't do or was there- yeah yeah so 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 for me it was uh i i was nine months out of school and i had this double major in business business in Spanish and uh, I was going out and applied to all the all the companies like you're supposed to I was still kind of in the job mode at that point and no one would give me a job in 2009 terrible time to to get a job so I couldn't get a job blah 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 started kind of lowering my sights it's kind of second tier stuff like enterprise and like all these yeah. other things that were not like right. things I wanted to be doing but I was like I just would like a job got rejected from all those started applying to places like Target Starbucks I just want a job like get me out of the house I want to go do something Starbucks wouldn't even call me back and so for me I got this like part-time job at UPS and did that for six weeks over the holidays and then after Christmas they fired all of us because it was part-time temporary seasonal stuff and then I just kind of found myself at home and I was reading about all these people doing cool stuff around the world and you know reading their blogs and watching you know what they were doing and I was like oh that'd be really cool but I don't have any money you know I'm not smart enough to start my own business all this other stuff and just kind of moped for like eight weeks and then at the end of it I just got I remember just being really fed up with myself I was like I don't know if I can do any of this stuff I don't know if I'm going to be able to uh, you know do any of any of the things that I want to do if I want to travel you know do some of these uh, athletics I wanted to run a triathlon at the time and had no clue what a triathlon like even was I knew it sounded cool but uh, I want to do a triathlon want to travel the world want to start my own business but kind of pre-disqualified myself from all of that and basically decided that I don't know if I can do a triathlon or not yeah but I'm going, and I, at this point, I was really self-defeated. Like, I just had no self-confidence in, like, what I could do. And I was like, I'm going to do the smallest thing I can figure out how to do. And I'm going to do an indoor triathlon because at least with an indoor triathlon, like, if I start drowning, I can stand up in the pool. I think I, I, think I should be okay. And I went out and did it. And I remember thinking I had, when I finished that triathlon, it was real short as a half indoor triathlon at Lifetime Fitness and I remember thinking to myself when I finished that race you spent so much time telling yourself this was impossible and you just did it right what other things are out there that you've been telling yourself are impossible that if you just went out and tried it yeah you'd be able to do and that was that was the whole starting point uh, I think I had written like one or two posts on the blog at that point and that was the point where I was just like okay I don't care if I can do it or not I'm gonna go ahead and try wow. it and uh, if if I fail, then I, I will fail, but I probably won't die, so I can probably try again. <laughs> right. um, probably. Yeah, probably. If I, if I actually die, then right. uh, we have bigger problems, but we'll, we'll, well cross it that. it doesn't matter anyway. Yeah, we'll cross that bridge when we <laughs> right. come to it. Um, so uh, <laughs> That's really cool, man. I, I you know, like I, I look at you and the stuff that you're doing now and like taking on these huge, you know, runs, I mean, crazy like endurance stuff, like stuff at altitude like mind-blowing stuff you know it's really cool and i i don't i don't even think i really realized like that was that that moment in that pool of like you know starting there like indoor triathlon like all that like that was that moment where you're like you 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 did it you just did it you broke through and you just did it and you're like what else could i do yeah and, and i think you have to have that moment where you're like literally living in your parents basement like getting rejected from starbucks and deciding yeah. like even in the face of all this like really my life is really sad right now this is really bad joel you not living up to your potential you have to decide to step forward through that and, and keep pushing anyways and so you know that's, that's cool. how i got started and, and that's you know 
that's why I think we relate really well together because um, I have a really hard time anytime I hear excuses, whether they're from someone else or from me, because when somebody else tells me an excuse, I can hear myself saying it. Yeah. And I think that's what drives me crazy is like, I know the BS that I have inside myself sometimes. And uh, when I hear someone else say that too, it's just like, it's kind of like an echo. And I'm like, yeah, no, no, that's not true. Um, but so Kilimanjaro. So yeah. you you have this desire to to climb stuff, to 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 get outside, to get out in nature. Um, why Kilimanjaro? And sort of what was the lead up time to that? Uh, you know, most people, you know, when they yeah, like and 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 logistically, just how did you go about actually climbing it? Because most people will, you know, they have like. Yeah, full full legs will hike up or whatever. You have a whole different technique on on how you're going about it. Yeah, it was so it kind of started like I give you like a little bit of background real quick on like the first couple climbs that I did. Okay, you know, like I mentioned, I did this climb in Palm Springs. It was like just a you know couple hundred feet high, like a little you know just rock you know hill basically. You know, but yeah. it was. <laughs> It was a cool like thing. I mean, there's there's like warning signs for rattlesnakes. When I'm hiking, my face is like a foot off the ground. You know, it's like <laughs> probably not the ideal combination, but like it was it was cool. And like my buddy was there with me. I was giving a speech. It's kind of what my main career, what I do. In addition to owning the CrossFit gym, I do these you know public speaking events. I was giving a speech for Microsoft. <clears throat> it was out in um, Palm Springs, and uh, my friend was out there with me, and he said like, "All right, just let's go hike one of these things." And I had never done a hike i'm like how the heck are we gonna go and do this and i mm-hmm. literally gave him like a couple dozen excuses there like you know there's no freaking way like we don't yeah. have i don't have any gear i don't have any equipment like i can't walk on like i mean those rocks they're gonna go and tear my arms apart and like i remember like i called my mom to try to like almost like you know talk to her about it and like get a, you know get out of this whole situation but he like, kept being persistent yeah. and i kind of realized like just the complete lack of authenticity i had about you know this delivering this no excuses message and then giving him all these excuses i'm like all right like it's got to freaking do this oh. and so we ended up you know coming up with an idea to like take uh bath towels out of the hotel room borrow them so to speak and um you know it was like they're not getting them oh, back yeah. <laughs> in the same condition anyways <laughs> they um we we took a rope off the back of my wheelchair that was like just like a i don't know just like a a rope that was doing something on the wheelchair but it didn't seem that important so we decided to cut it off okay and use that rope to um to tie um these towels onto my arms okay and you know it took maybe three four hours of like bear crawling but like got to the top of this thing yeah. it was so freaking amazing and i remember like had a moment like you know threw the towels off like <laughs> did like the rocky four like Bravo, you know like <laughs> it was crazy just like awesome fun like beautiful view and there's this single engine Cessna plane that came and kind of circled the mountain but it was like we were like almost eye level with this thing yeah. I was like wow so cool how you know just to, to see this and anyway that was like probably 2005 okay and I did not hike again until 2010 okay so long time passed yeah and um, it happened. It was a CrossFit event. Okay. First competition was, um, you know, it was a, a CrossFit sectional event um, and to qualify for the regionals and then go to the CrossFit Games. 2010, CrossFit event, four events over um, two days. I wanted to do the competition. I'm like, how the heck am I going to go and do this? And we began, uh, we were like, you know, but then to do the first workout was you had to do a thousand meter row and then sprint up Stone Mountain, which is like a 1.2 mile 
um, trail and a 900 feet elevation in Atlanta. Okay. You know, like I remember this house. So went to the store, bought, you know, some leather welding sleeves and put those on the ends of my arms and put on extra pair of socks. And I used that to go and hike. So I did the row, kind of have a modified rowing machine and used those leather welding sleeves to go and hike. Okay. And it literally tore all the skin off the end of my arm. Wow. And, um, it took me an hour and 46 minutes. It took everybody else that did it. Maybe like the slowest was like 25 minutes. Yeah. And you know, so I mean, I was by far, by far, by far, by far the, you know, absolute slowest and ripped all the skin off the ends of my arms to go and, and do this. And I get to the top of the mountain and it was like, whoa, I was exhausted. My shoulders were shot. My back was shot. My hips, my legs, everything, my arms bleeding. I mean, it was, but it was like, this is freaking awesome. Yeah. You know, it was like, it sucked, but it was at the same time. It was like, this is so cool. And I'd been to the top of stone mountain before mm-hmm. and the view after seeing it from like, after hiking it, like was amazing yeah it was breathtaking as compared to taking the tram to the top yeah the easy way whatever like it was like that did nothing for me yeah. before i did i've been in there a dozen times and it you know and that was that that night i came home you know literally like still got like rocks in my you know pants from this like yeah. you know this hike hike and like i remember like i was about to go and jump in the shower and I'm sitting in my bedroom and I'm talking with my friend and, and she was like sitting on the bed and I just told her that night, I was like, I am, I, I don't know how, I don't know, I don't know why, I don't know like how it's going to work, what's going to happen, but like I, I'm going to climb Mount Kilimanjaro. Okay. And that was, that was like fall 2000, 2010. Okay. And then January 3rd, 2012, we we're on the mountain. Okay. So, so to give everyone at home a visualization of like how this actually like logistically works it's it'd be like if i was climbing doing a bear crawl yeah on my elbows and kneecaps right all the way up a freaking mountain right is, is that accurate yeah totally and so the it gives you a whole different visual appreciation for both the the work it takes to to climb what'd you say it was 1.2 miles up it's uh yeah 1.2 miles up stone yeah and going from literally a foot off the ground yeah face facing the mountain to being at the top of it and saying i just i just did this yeah and so so from there you said what was the date kilimanjaro that was uh january january 6th actually was our first day in the mountain we arrived in africa january 3rd so january 6th 2012 okay and so what happens from there like what was the prep to to get there and did you do a ton of climbing beforehand and then where were where were the trouble spots on the mountain because you know i'm sure you started off high spirits all that fun stuff but at some point in the mountain it got less pretty yeah now, like, that's the thing, though, too, is like it's, you know, I, it, like so many people go and talk about like the successes and it's easy to go and talk about that. Yeah. Like literally it was like a tremendous amount of failure yep. to go and like between that moment of like summiting Stone Mountain to, you know, to being on Kilimanjaro is like there was so much failure inside there. Yeah. So much like heartache, so much like this is not going to happen. Yeah. Like it's impossible. I, I didn't know if it was ever going to happen. Yeah. You know, it was like I, I there's no way that I would have been able to do Stone Mountain with towels on my arms or leather welding sleeves. We yeah. had to get a gear solution. But, you know, nobody's ever made shoes to like bear crawl on your elbows and knees not ex- <laughs> not exactly like a huge market for like nike or reebok to go into and yeah. enter you know like quad amputee mountain climbers it's yeah. like like uh, we had to go figure this out yeah 
And um, part of me is like really like driven by that though, and like the creative side of like solutions. And I think that so much of of taking on like an impossible task, so much of taking on, you know, so much even of, of just grit and like finding a way to like tough things out. And like, yeah. it really is like creativity. Mm-hmm. It's creativity. It's problem solving. It's like, how am I going to go and do this? And I'm really glad I've got amazing friends that, that stood by and supported me that, you know, we tried several different iterations of gear, yeah. but we would take, you know, sometimes two or three hours they'd be like ripping duct tape gorilla tape trying to tape different things onto yeah. my arms and my feet to come up with a prototype shoe you know and just to go on an hour hike yeah and you know we'd spend two or three hours like just duct taping like this stuff on so you know we tried oven mitts and pot holders on the ends of my arms and yeah. my feet you know football hip and knee pads like duct taped on like yeah. we tried uh, uh like a climber's chalk bag mm-hmm. you know and like wrap that around and like tried um uh you know it eventually got smart and like took took um like towels and mountain bike tires and combined those together and like cut up mountain bike tires to go and kind of provide some like tread almost like a shoe sole okay you know tried these like gel liners that I was like super excited about like oh these are gonna be great and then I went and hiked and I couldn't go more than like 400 meters and you know just like epic setbacks you know some days it'd be great and then yeah. some days it was just like big fail yeah and you know there were some days where like you know I, I'd fail on something easier than than Stone Mountain but yeah. in, in fact in my entire like hiking tenure there were only maybe maybe a dozen hikes before Kilimanjaro. Yeah. And each time was to go and trial the gear and find out a new way to go and do it. Yeah. And um, we created a prototype with the mountain bike tires and some amazing people came in and made some carbon fiber gear for me. And if it weren't for that, you know, coming up with that prototype, then having some people, you know, professionals interject themselves and make the carbon fiber gear, like I'd still be sitting like on the, you know, side of the mountain, (laughs) like stuck there, like... Well, you still had, I mean, you still had to do all the prototypes yourself. You still had to get out there and, 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 and literally bear crawl up mountains, which makes me feel, uh, puts things in perspective when I'm complaining about going up for an evening run. I'm like, well, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's, you know, I mean, you get it though too. It's yep. like no, nothing's going to happen if you don't go and start. Nothing's yep. going to happen if you don't go out and you, you try and you figure it out, yep. you fail, like you get yourself, you knock down, skin your face, skin your knees, like, and then you figure it out. Like yep. you, you can talk about it all day. You can have all the ideas you want in the world and everything else, but like nothing's going to freaking happen unless you just go out there and do it. No, yeah. uh, not every day is race day. Not every day is, you know, you're on top totally. of uh, Stone Mountain or Kilimanjaro. You have to... You have to spend the time ripping the, the duct tape off your elbows and right. yeah, and keep moving forward. So much duct that. tape. <laughs> so like so much, so much. Duct you get tape. sponsored by right. duct tape. I, we had a actually it was awesome. We had Gorilla Tape that, okay. that heard about what we were doing, and um, you know, and they sent like a massive box of Gorilla Tape. So I've got like a lifetime supply of Gorilla there Tape back at my house in Georgia. If you ever need some, and so, so we'll bleep out duct right. tape. Yeah, right. <laughs> Voice there we go. Gorilla Tape. <laughs> Um, have you ever tried? If you ever tried ripping Gorilla Tape, though, it's a nightmare. The stuff's so freaking strong. Yeah. So it's like my friends are like now when they're ripping this Gorilla Tape, it's like three times stronger than duct tape. Yeah. I mean, like I, I really do have some awesome friends that like are that patient to, yeah. to assist me with this. Like, it would not have happened without them. There you go, Gorilla Tape. Nice product placement. That's right. Boom. That. That's nice. <laughs> so okay, let's 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 fast forward. You get on the mountain. You start climbing. How many days total were you on the mountain? It was 12 and a half days total. 12 and a half days. How many days in until you, you got to the point where you're like, this is a little bit more difficult than 
uh, I would I would like? Uh, probably the first time I saw it. <laughs> you know, like, like, <laughs> before the hike even started, when I saw it, I was like, oh, crap. <laughs> like, this... like, I'm all the way in Africa. Yeah. There's the mountain. Oh, I was, oh, no. Yeah, oh, no. Like, it was like, that was my first thought. Like, my first thought was definitely like, shit. <laughs> <laughs> It was like this is this is terrible. This is this is a really bad idea. Yeah. It was cloudy. It was like at night when we first came in. Couldn't see the mountain, and then the next day it was uh, uh, it was a really cloudy day, and so you know I didn't actually see the mountain until the morning we got on the mountain. Oh, fun! And I was like, I when I the, you know literally we're like in the van, and the clouds part, and I see it, and it was like it's it's twenty nineteen twenty stone mountains stacked on top of each other. Yeah. And you're like, oh, this is what I'm in for. It was like, even after we got down, it was like, I, I remember looking at it and like, <laughs> it was a terrible idea. So were there any points on the mountain? You're on there for 12 days, uh, you know, up and down. Um, any points in there where you wanted to quit and, and maybe one or two memorable specific experiences where you're like, what, either what am I doing out here or, or like i just don't know if i can keep going yeah you know it was probably easily by like three four days in like those thoughts were really present were really there and you know a story that where were your were your, were your elbows like scabbing up were they bruised did you get calluses like what's the my skin was holding up pretty good because okay. uh i mean the gear was was significantly upgraded compared to what i'd had before my yep. skin was good but it was like my the swelling was a pretty intense my right arm was like the pain that was in that was like was unbearable each step became more and more painful it was like physically too my shoulders back legs everything was just shot like completely shot it was you know imagine doing a six hour seven hour a day bear crawl and it was like that just i can do about 400 meters of a bear crawl before i start to to burn up sure so (laughs) keep going for five six more hours and then it's like that's what that feels like okay and it just is terrible. Yeah. But it was awesome, you know, and I'm laughing and joking with friends and stuff too. But it was also like, I, it got to a point where my friends that I was laughing and joking with, like I told them, I was like, I can't hear you laugh and joke anymore. I don't want to be around you while you're laughing and joking. Like if you're happy and having a good time, like, like I'm not like, at least that's what I'm thinking <laughs> in my head. So I eventually told them, like I was getting pissed off. Yeah. I'm on there hiking. Like I'm like, you know, like I said, a foot off the ground, they're five, six feet off the ground. You know, but I'm hearing them laughing and joking and having fun. And for them at the base, it was not challenging. Yeah. You know, my pace is like a third the pace of a normal hiker. Mm-hmm. You know, it just wasn't challenging for him. And they get experience of views and everything. Yeah. And you're li- literally looking at the dirt looking of the, the dirt. mountain. You're like, I'm, I've looked at this dirt for six hours. It's pretty much the same yeah. dirt. Uh, exactly. And everybody's like, oh, look how far we came. And you're like, I'm, I'm still looking at the same stupid dirt yeah. over and over and over again. It was brutal. It was like two totally different experiences, you know. And it was like I just realized, like I just like I'm I'm not having fun. I mean, that whole time, like I didn't want to be around them while they're laughing and joking. So I finally told them, like, to just you know, they just hike ahead. You know, and you can go and sit on a rock and wait, and I'll catch up. You know, and then you guys can go and hike ahead again, and mm-hmm. you know, just get get a, like I just put on my headphones, put on my music tried to drown out everything tried to drown out all the self-talk that i had like yeah. that was like just you know why the heck am i there why am i doing this this is not you know it's like not fun like, really freaking yeah, hard really forgot about like everything they talked about of like having that moment as a kid too of like wanting to go out there and wanting to go and experience nature now i'm there and i'm like but i'm this is this sucks yeah 
So what, what, what got you through that? Because I think a lot of people can, can, can get the enough inspiration to start and they go out and they're out for, you know, metaphorically like one or two days and they're they're while well, it's still easy and then you get to this point where it's not just okay it's, it's painful it hurts uh i'm also starting to get pissed at the people around me that seem like it's not as hard for them um and like you know everything seems to be it's not just painful but like your soul starts to like drain yeah. out and you're just like what am i doing so how, do, how did you actually get through that and uh kind of find your next level wind or you know that 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 second gear that you were able to get into and finish the mountain well, i think to your point earlier you said that you know like you got to have that moment of like being in your mom's basement where then you're just like i'm not gonna live this life you no. know or it was like no matter what like i'm not and and for me that moment was like day four in the tent in the campground, you know, and there were maybe a hundred other people at this campground, like 30 of which were, um, these, there's, or maybe 20 or so were these, uh, um, it was about 20 girls from a sorority at a university that were hiking the mountain. And <laughs> it was like, all my friends were like hanging out with them and like having fun. Right. Yeah. And like, I, I didn't want to be around anybody. Yeah. And I, I, I like, I tried to like hang out with them for like 10 or 15 minutes. And I was like, I just can't freaking do it. Like I need yeah. to be alone. And I'm hearing them laughing and joking, like, you know, with these girls outside and like having yeah. a good time and all that. And like, I got so angry, the anger, like <laughs> just like, just broke me, yeah. you know, it was like coursing through my veins and I broke and I just cr- laid there and cried for an hour on my sleeping bag. And I was just crying and thinking like this is over like i'm quitting like i'm getting a helicopter like i'm done no and um you know and i i started thinking about a promise that i'd made to the soldier or to the to the mother of a fallen soldier named Corey johnson i met Corey's mom who was grieving her son had just passed in combat overseas and met her in this gym in Arizona. She asked me if I would take her son's ashes to the summit. And it was like that moment of like anger, like defeat, like sadness, but also like, like realizing like, like he was there with me and like his sacrifice. And it was like, I just, I I just, I just, something in me snapped, something in me snapped. And I reached a different place than I'd ever come where I was like, like, and this sounds insane, but I was like, I'm literally willing to give my life to the top to get Corey up to the top. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, if this is what this is going to take, like I'm prepared to do that. Uh. And I didn't go in with those intentions. I didn't like have that mindset. Like, okay, like if this, whatever, it's going to kill me. But it was like, like literally like it was that was, I remember thinking like, I, like I refuse to quit. I don't know if I'll be able to make it to the top. I don't know if it's possible. I don't know if, you know, all that stuff, if it's going to go and continue to go and work out. But like, I, I just like, I refuse to stop and like, I'll go as long as my body goes. Yep. And that's where I'm going to find out. Yeah. I'm going to find out where I stop. Yeah. And that's the, it's that, it's that well that you have to find. That's like not, you never, you never hit it. This is why I don't even particularly enjoy ultra running. Uh, what I like about ultra running is it pushes you to a point that you have to like, you know, you have to find this well within you that's going to be like, okay, you can you can push farther and go go longer and do more than you ever thought you could, but you're not going to do that until you physically come up to a point where you you feel like you can't go anymore yeah and uh when you hit that point then you get that choice and uh david goggins he's like one of my favorite people to like 
listened to talk about you know pushing past your limits he always says like you know you get to where you don't think you can go anymore and and there's two doors and you can door one is like go home and just quit and give up or whatever and, and if you keep searching you know there's a second door and if you can you know find that door and you can open it up and you push right through it you'll find you get a whole like it's just like a hundred percent more of what you're able to do and i think i found it's super helpful to literally state out loud what you're willing to do in order to accomplish mm-hmm. a goal you say like i'm willing to die on this mountain and i've i mean i've done that with like a, a bike race where i was like i just like unless i break a leg i am not going home like I'll go home in, in an ambulance, but I'm not going to go home like because I'm I'm calling yeah. someone and, and having them come get me. And uh, I think there's something really really powerful about that because instead of you know feeling bad about every little thing that happens that that doesn't feel great or isn't perfect, you're saying okay, what's the absolute worst thing that can happen? And if that happens, then I guess I'll call it in. But if it's if I'm not dead, then I'm I'm going to keep going. Right. Um, you had a I think you had a quote. Uh, I heard you talk about this one time and you said like not dead yeah I can't quit or something like yeah. that and I was like I like that I'm gonna, I think I might steal that it's um, uh yeah Richard Richard Makowitz is actually a guy that's a Navy SEAL and um uh, I know you're you've got plans to interview some seals, you know, or in that vein for the series. Like, I think it's pretty cool because those are guys that like have to understand this mindset. Like literally their training programs are built to get you to that breaking point. Like you cannot like physically get through it. Like it's just, you can't like, that's the start. That's that's the start. start. That's, that is, that is like moment one, you know, it's like when you were completely broken and you know what he, his mantra is is exactly what you just said there. It's like that, like that. It's a declaration that says, "Is yeah. it's his mantra says not dead, can't quit." And he shortens it NDCQ, NDCQ. So it's like in his mind, NDCQ. It's that representation of, like, okay, if I'm saying this, I'm hearing this. I'm not dead, so therefore I will not quit. Yep. And you know, and, and frankly, when you if you get to that point where you do, you, you know, you, you do die, you don't hear yeah. it. Then like, like I said, like, what's the point? It doesn't really matter anyway. Yeah. It's like now, okay, you've done that. And I totally understand people listen to this are like, why the heck? Why? Yeah. Why does that, right? Like why mountains? Why whatever? Like why, why ultras? Like yeah. why do whatever? I don't have a good answer for that. Yeah. I don't particularly enjoy hiking, <laughs> you know, but I love the I love the feeling of it. I love the I love there's moments of it that are just bliss, you know, yeah. and pure bliss. And I one of my defining quotes in my life is Joseph Campbell who said like follow your bliss. Yeah. If that's what gives you that sense of like bliss and like in those moments, like then follow it. Like you don't know why, you don't have to know why. Quit freaking analyzing it. Just follow it. Yeah. And if you you know if you're thinking about if you're in this right and you're like you're listening to this and you're like questioning like okay this is crazy like why would someone go and die for something and yeah like if you look at your life like do you really have those moments of bliss and can you go and genuinely go and say that you do and if you do and you don't have to go and push yourself to those extremes great like more power to you like I think that's awesome you know maybe it's in your children maybe it's in being a grandparent maybe it's in your business maybe it's in other stuff but like to truly find your bliss like that like there's there's just so much juice in that I think I think it's I think it's meaningful to me because um, it's so easy to go so long without pushing yourself to that point like it's so easy to get comfortable it's so easy to do things that are easy or simple or even even if it gets hard then like okay it's hard for a little bit but it's not hard consistently for a long period of time and what i i love about like the physical 
ness of, of some of the endeavors that you know we can kind of bond yeah. over is that like your body gets to this point where it's just it doesn't want to go anymore and and it's really up to your mind to take over and say hey you know i'm not dead not gonna quit and uh you know i don't i don't get into mantras and and you know self-talk like it's a little bit too woo woo for me but at that point like in that game like anything goes like i don't care what happens like you could do whatever you want and uh you know just just that idea of of saying that out loud to yourself uh you know kind of to keep your pace if nothing else uh like not dead can't quit and just continuing to move forward i i I've had a couple races where uh, my my only mantra is, uh, you know, just keep moving, and yeah. and it, it, it I don't care how fast I'm going. Right. I don't I don't you know I'm, I've dropped off my splits whatever. Uh, I'm gonna keep moving, and if I stop, that's a problem. Uh, but I'm just gonna keep moving. Yeah, um, totally. And- and I think I, 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 I totally agree 100% with what you're saying too. Like I think like, you know, and even with like mantra, like there's like a, a almost a misconception with that word too because there is so much like floaty, esoteric like nonsense with that. Yeah. that like it, you know, I think really – you know, your mind, you're always thinking something. Yep. You can't shut it off. Yep. You literally can't shut off that voice in your head. And when you go through those really adverse situations, you're going to start talking to yourself of like, you know, naturally, like as a survival mechanism, yep. like quit. Like, why are you doing this? Like, what's going on? You know, like, okay, what do you, you know, and all thinking about all that stuff, but it's like, and you just, you know, whatever you got to go and do to pull yourself into that frame of mind of like, think about like, Okay, no, like this is this is what I'm doing, right? This is, it's what, like, this is what's happened. Literally like corralling like those you know, the voices in your head to like you're you're just not gonna you're not gonna relent. And like I love that. Like just keep moving. Whatever it is that's gonna go and get you to that aim, it, it just like that's that's what works. One of one of the other things I've talked about now I think I'm gonna do a whole nother uh, series just on this is uh, like tell the story beforehand mm. like when you're in the moment tell yourself like think about the story that you were told afterwards if you would have called the helicopter flown back yeah. you're like well I got up the mountain and then it was really hard so I went home and it was, I was tired I was yeah. tired you know it was, it was rough um, you know that's 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 you know good good for you you got on the mountain you got halfway up but you kind of quit when things got tough and I think you know telling yourself the story after like uh telling yourself what you want the story to be kind of helps you write that story yeah and and saying you know like this is the story i want to tell i want to be able to you know honor uh you know that soldier's wishes i want to be able to you know keep that promise that i made to her and to myself and and really you know follow through on on the things that i said i was going to do uh there's there's so much fuel in that that you can get out of that that if uh if you kind of recognize that and you're able to push through that uh you know, you can you can really realize the potential there. So totally. So you get through that moment, you finish crying. You kind of you kind of realize that that promise that you made to to that mother and and to yourself. And you keep decide the next day that you're going to keep climbing. Right. How many more days does it take you to get to the top? That was day four. So from that, uh, we actually like, summited five days early. Okay. And um, my pace the next day was a good 40 percent faster. Like. Okay. And just like, like, like you said, like there's, there's a whole other world behind that other door when you go and find it, Mm -hmm. you know, of like when you're about to go and quit and you don't like there, there's just so much more than we ever knew was available. And the crazy part is now is like, that's, that's, that's stayed with me. You know, I've done other challenges on, you know, really good friends with like Mark Devine and the seal fit people and I've participated in some seal fit stuff. And like, you know, I did a 14 hour seal fit day after like being super depleted and like had diarrhea all week and it was disaster. 
disaster, but like went into this so, like, so a good week, day. totally good week, <laughs> and like you know, but it was like based on what I'd experienced before. Yeah, like there's yeah, this is. This it, is gives cake, you, right? it, it gives you different, totally different perspectives. Yeah, but but that's that's one of the things. Once you push past your limits, you have a whole another like you know I I, I vis- visualized it in the, in the past in like circles and like once you push like one edge of the circle a little bit farther away, it kind of opens up the rest of this yeah, you know wow, arena cool. of the circle and you keep doing it and doing it and all of a sudden you're like of course I'm going to do a 14 hour seal fit day and get diarrhea and it's going to be a great day. It's going to be we're both uh, both weirdos with this respect because I've had you know the same thought where it's like I, I called it like um, the apogee. Okay. So if you, the word apogee is, is a scientific definition for something that is the furthest place from, um, from the orbiting, like, so if you have taken an orbiting object, okay. take the moon around the earth. Okay. There is a place, you know, in that orbit because it's an ellipse, it's not a, not a circle yep. that it is the furthest away from the earth, right? That okay. the moon is the furthest away from the earth. And when you, you know, if you were to stretch out that apogee and take it even further, it would expand that entire orbit. Mm -hmm. It would literally like, you know, expand that orbit. So for me, that that apogee like is finding that place where I'm like, like, where is that? Where is that 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 depth? Right. That is in turn going to go and expand that entire, you know, rest of the area of this of this orbit. Yeah. So I've called it reference points, but you're just way smarter than me. <laughs> oh, <laughs> geekier. I don't know about that. No, no I like pretty, that. Right, in your Batman shirt, uh, you're pretty geeky too. <laughs> uh, yeah. Wearing Batman today. I, I think I had Captain America on yesterday, so I'm just rotating through my superheroes. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you speed up your pace, you get to the top of the mountain. What does that feel like? Do you do anything particular? Do you do, you, do your Rocky pose? What is um, what, how 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 worth it is it? And 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 how does that how does that kind of expand you know your reference points or how does you know how do, how do you use that as like your apogee moment if you will yeah just got smarter yeah, to kind of you know slingshot yourself into to some other stuff well i mean i got to the top and i uh i, I mean i definitely like i I, I I felt like you do it was a little like, dance. Cool. I was like, well, this is this is amazing. This is really cool. Like I'm almost a little bit surprised that we're here. Yeah. And then um, I kind of held it together until I called my mom, and we had a sat phone, and um, I called my mom and dad, and um, my mom like she was on the phone and she started crying, and that's when like I like I like I like broke and I started crying, yeah. and it was like from there, um, you know, we got to spread the ashes of spread Corey's ashes and say a few words to honor him beforehand. And it was like, it was just one of the most special, the biggest honor of my life. One of the most special moments I'll ever have. And it's awesome. It was, you know, I, I don't know. It just, it, it changed the reference for everything at that yeah. point in time. You know, now it's like, you know, really for the rest of my life, or at least a significant portion of the rest of my life, God willing, like, uh, I think I'll get to know that there's really, there are very few places on this planet that are now off limits to me. Uh. You go from that's that's funny to to think you go from getting stuck in kind of tall grass on an electric wheelchair to being like oh, I'm just gonna crawl up a mountain and try and stop me. Yeah. Um, the the mental the difference your your mentality has to like change in order to become that type of person who who does that big challenge is 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 huge and I, I think that's one of the things that's awesome about like some of these ridiculous big challenges i think something's slightly broken in my head to, to make me want to do them but at the same time like once you take on one of these big challenges you you have to become the person that's able to to actually do it Be, you know what there's the, that being said yeah totally get it there, like there's something totally broken in both of us like <laughs> clearly right there's no question about that you know and and there's 
you know, there was something broken in Martin Luther King, in Gandhi, in JFK, in Lincoln, in Hitler. Yep. You know, good, bad, indifferent, like whatever else. Like, it, like you, there's got to be something broken in there if you're actually going to go and do something that is worthwhile and meaningful in your yeah. life. If you're ever going to get to that point and ever do anything that has any lasting substance beyond just like, you know, living the normal, comfortable life, whatever, yeah. like – and I don't have judgment around that. You know, I really think that like there are a lot of people that like that that's what they want for their life and they're clear on that. Yeah. That's I have no qualms. You know, I think it's when people, you know, get so stuck up in their circumstances and try to go and justify, you know, why they're not living the life that they can. That yeah. That's when I get like that's when I do get I get frustrated and, and all that stuff. And, I, you know, it's it's hard. Just like you said, it's hard to hear people go and give those excuses as to why they're not doing whatever it is that they're you know, capable of doing. I just heard today Les Brown talk about. You know, when he early on in his career, Les Brown's, you know, big um, kind of motivational speaker for the last 25, 30 years, one of the best speakers in the world that he shared a story about when he first started his like career and and all of that stuff and like, you know, creating businesses and, and all of what he did. Like, you know, and he was being coached by someone yeah. and he's being coached by someone and like, he thought, you know, he's talking to them about stuff. And then like the phone, like gets disconnected and he, he's like, oh, they like must've lost, you know, their signal and like, I'll call him back. And he's like, Hey, I think we got disconnected. And the guy's like, no, I hung up on you. He's like, oh, why'd you hang up on me? He was like, well, clearly you're so attached to your, you know, limitations that you really want those in your life. Yeah. So you have no interest in what I'm telling you. Yeah. <laughs> and huh. so... So he was like, you know, and then Les was like, oh, no, what do you, what do you, what do you, what do you see? And then he's like, he gets it like, okay, yeah, yeah. If you want those limitations, you want those, you know, you want those excuses and all that stuff, then like keep it, hold on to it, knock yourself out, go, you know, run wild with it. But if you don't, then free yourself of it. Like, it's just a choice. It's just, just do it. Like, you know, it's. If it, and if you humble yourself and start where you started in that, you know, in that, in that pool, in that triathlon yeah. and, you know, a 24 hour fitness or like, what yeah. fitness or whatever it was like Globo gym triathlon, <laughs> like it's awesome. That's where you got to start. Sometimes yeah. I started lifting weights with like, you know, I could only lift like maybe five pounds in each arm, yeah. you know, and strapping ropes around my arms and ended up doing a 420 pound modified bench press. Yeah. Like as a kid. There's like no way that I would have ever been able to foresee that I would have been able to go and do that at some point down the road in the future. But like it was possible only because like of not stopping in between there. Is there is there a certain amount of irony that comes out from uh, like, you know, the world trying to tell you, you know, at first, like you're not normal. And then you kind of coming around to this point, you're like, I'm not normal. I'm and, and you know, to do what you do is not it's not normal to, to be like, yeah, I'm good, just going to go climb Kilimanjaro. How are you going to do that? I'm going to I'm going to bear crawl up it. That's that's not normal is uh, I think I think there's a little bit of yeah, no, poet- it's interesting. Yeah. A little bit of poetry to that. What kind of begins is not normal. Then it becomes normal. Then it ends is not normal. Yeah. Right? Yeah, it's like a cyclical. So, no, that's that's awesome. That's one of the things that like I think. I, as 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 I've gotten to know you, that's kind of fun to to be able to, you know, our other friend like Kyle and 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 a few other people uh, to be able to share like crazy ideas. You're like, of course I'm going to be running uh, an ultra marathon. Yeah. Of course I'll be climbing, you know, mountains. Well, I think you have to be surrounded by. I think you understand this too, you know. And I mean, in business, you've surrounded yourself with really smart people, and you know, and in, in your training, you have, you know, it's mm. like you you gotta surround yourself and create an environment where like it's gonna go and pull for you. For me, like I said, I am a complete product of my environment, like hundred yeah. percent. You know, I was like thirty pounds, like 
like gain like 30 pounds in three months, like sitting and eating hotel room, room service, like milkshakes and stuff, because like, that's what, that's what my environment was. <laughs> just milkshakes. Yeah. Just no purely other. no other nutrition. That was, just give that me a, a milkshake IV. Please. It was like the 30 day banana diet that we were talking about earlier, no, but there like you the milkshake go. diet, <laughs> but it was like, they don't, that my, my, like I, that was the environment that I created. So that's what I got, Yep. you know? And like, you, like, I think the smartest people that I know, the people that are actually doing stuff are, they're, they're looking at their environment. They're changing their environment. You just did that with your office space yep. of like putting your office in a CrossFit gym, you yep. know, where it's like, I can't not go and do something. I have now. to work out yeah. all the time. And it's, it's, it's awesome. It's like, if you don't do that, like being in San Diego, it's like, I know my jujitsu is going to go and improve by, just by virtue of the fact that like I'm here in like the Mecca of jujitsu because of my environment yep. it has nothing going to do with me necessarily. Even my friends, you know, that like, you know, ripping the gorilla tape, you know, they're going like get the gear set up <laughs> that was my environment you know yeah. i've got people that are willing to to go through that with me and go through that experience like without that i wouldn't have been doing it yeah and, and it takes changes to do that like it takes changes to move to san diego uh, i know jiu-jitsu wasn't the the main impetus there yeah. but it, it it took a certain amount of sacrifice you had to give up something in atlanta to come out to san diego it took a certain amount of people that you said no to in your life uh to surround yourself with the friends who are going to support you and 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 decide that they're going to of course they're going to uh gorilla tape your your arms and and figure out the best prototype and um you know there's always a trade-off and there's always a way to go about you know figuring out exactly what you want but you also have to be willing to to give up something for it so you have to it's uh, like yeah i mentioned joseph campbell earlier he talks about like the hero's journey so whether the hero is batman and captain america or whether the hero (laughs) is like you know whether the hero's christ or buddha or like you know the greek mythology or like you know a a story that was told in like you know the african congo or wherever like all all these stories have a very common element to it and calls it the hero's journey something that's really impacted me in a really profound way because i found it to be so true in my life that this in this hero's journey though everybody starts in the ordinary world you know and like batman's bruce wayne you know it's it's like you know i mean he's a little bit less than ordinary because he's a millionaire (laughs) Millionaire. right normal billionaire (laughs) you know but like it's like you got like there's that moment you hear like the call to adventure right things can't stay the same things can't stay the same and it's like but like like in every hero story there's always the refusal of the call everybody like here's the call to adventure and then like refuses the call and then you'll get that like second knock but like it's at that point you know if you don't answer it the journey doesn't start right you stay in the ordinary world the story's over when you when you answer it and you do what's you know joseph campbell refers to as crossing the threshold yeah that's where there's just no turning back and now you're on your journey and in the journey you get your ass kicked like you <laughs> get beat up like you get you know robbed you get you know you go bankrupt like get your arms you torn get up your arms, arms torn yeah. up you know like you get injuries you know on yeah. your you know ultra runs like you get whatever you, you're going through like you you get beat up along the way but then there's always that moment of like resurrection yeah and from that resurrection then it's like that rebirth that final victory and from that what the heroes ultimately always believe you know or like realize for themselves is like the number one thing they want to go and do is give this 
to other people, you know? So it's like return with the elixir. Like this is what I've done. This is what I've experienced. But like now I want you to go and do this too. Becoming that mentor to someone else so they can hear their call to adventure. They can go on their, you know, their hero's journey. No. And that's, that's what you're doing with this, with the podcast. That's what you're doing now with your life. Like you've experienced elements of that yourself. Now it's like, I got to go and, you know, give this away. So, uh, so speaking of the journey, you're, you're well on the way to your journey. You've been doing it for like 10, you've been doing 29 years. Let's be real. What's what's next? What what do you have coming up? Uh, I know you've got a lot of projects in the works. I don't know how many of them we could talk about yet. Yeah. But where uh, where can people find you? And and what are you working on uh, next? Because you're always got something in the works. I mean, my big passion now, and I don't really know entirely how it's going to look, how it's going to go and unfold. But I want to create a movement of people that are too very similar to you and what you're doing with this, like a community movement of people that are willing to go and you know just do what it takes to find their potential in their lives. And and you know it. it that that matters to me and it also matters to me too to go out and adventure and travel and see the world like i'm uh leave for two weeks to sweden tomorrow morning and like i on wednesday was like two days ago like decided like okay screw it like i'm gonna go to sweden (laughs) and you know then like booked a ticket and now i'm doing it like there's i don't know but that that's that's important to me right now and also too getting ready to go and climb some other other big peaks like i'm definitely not done with the the mountains yet and like it like i said like there's there's a lot of hiking a lot of climbing that i don't like yeah you know a lot of the time that i don't like it but i'm so drawn to it because of those moments that really like that that have impacted me in a powerful way it's a struggle almost like the the actual the, it, it the, just makes that juice even that much sweeter, you know, when you get to the top or you get to you even a beautiful spot, you know, hanging out with your friends. It's like, yeah, like hiking, looking at the dirt and stuff like that. Like there are elements of it that suck, but there's also two. It's like, whoa, like it's just so powerful. Like I'm doing a climb in August to uh, Mount Shuxin. First time I'm going to be climbing like glacier and yeah. you know, crevasse and all that stuff. So it'd be cool. That's awesome. So wh- where can people find you uh, to find out more to follow along? Because, you know, you've got that coming up. You've got jujitsu. You've got all this all this stuff uh people need to pay attention and uh, and make sure they check it out yeah just kyle maynard and google and you know like that's where i'm at <laughs> kyle maynard.com you'll see his documentary yeah, all no, the stuff there's kyle maynard.com yeah. kyle maynard on twitter and twitter instagram. and instagram at kyle maynard and um like uh i'd love to like i love the message that you're sharing i love the people that are like i already like i, I don't know all of your followers like <laughs> but like i already love them because they're interested in this stuff yeah. right they're open to this the conversation like they're on their journey like they're they're hearing that call to adventure yep. at different stages of, of having answered that you know and it's like that to me is 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 really amazing so awesome it's really cool. I, I hugely commend you for the service that you're doing, you know, for, for everyone that's listening and for everyone else that's listening for, for you to, to be listening to this, to be on your journey. Like I acknowledge you because it's like, it really takes something. And also too, like I know how many people in your lives that you've impacted by, by just doing what you're doing and having, and you know, it, it takes guts to go and do it. And that's what I think what the world needs a lot more of right now. So we'll, we'll have links to all that in the show notes, but uh, hopefully we'll get Kyle back on here pretty soon. We love talking to him. And thanks, man. I appreciate you coming out. It's been a lot of fun. Yeah, dude. Thank you for sure. And hopefully uh, the cops, they appear to have so the crime scene's dissipated. Yeah, the helicopter's around, but the crime scene has been... So awesome, man. Thanks, man. Talk to you soon.